Daddy Christ will rise first. Amen? Power of God. Power of God. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you choose to use us, that you have called us, that you prepared a place for us. And Lord God, that you're coming back to get us. But yet, Lord God, you, you've called us into service. Lord, we're, we're not here just to serve, but Lord, we serve because of your grace and your mercy and your love. And, and Lord God, for, for your salvation, which was made possible on that cross through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, but Lord God, you rose him from the dead. You rose him from the dead. And, and Lord God, that you empower us to do the work. Lord God, that you prepare a place. You prepare our hearts. You give us each a platform. And Lord God, you ask that we fulfill the place, that calling upon our lives, to do the work that you call us to do, that all would come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. That all would be saved. That none would be lost. It's your, it is your heart. So God, may that be our heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you read your word for today, I thought it was a good thing today as well. You know, it talks about integrity. I'm really not going to talk to you a whole lot about integrity, but I'm going to show you, as it showed, that uh, integrity is a part of a Christian walk. It makes your testimony believable. Yes. Integrity makes your testimony believable. That which God has changed in you and sustained in you uh, becomes a testimony of who God is and the power of God and our willingness to serve him. Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Though he falls seven times, he rises again. It's not about not falling and failing, guys. It's, it's about falling and getting up time and time again because God be in us and God be working through us and he has a purpose for us. And it's through his strength and through his grace and mercy. I know many people who know the word of God perhaps better than I do, but they've never received the, the grace is available, but they never understood it and believe uh, that they are worthy of God. We're not worthy of God, but through his grace and mercy, we are can be in a right standing with him. And, and we are forgiven, and, and his grace and mercy covers the times that we fall short, the times that we fear or doubt or or don't do the thing we know we ought to do. Some would call that sin, willing sin, and sometimes it can be, but, but God's grace covers those times. Guess what? He came as a man, and he knows our struggle. Though he didn't fail, but he knows the power of the struggle that's in our lives. Amen. It says that the wicked are brought down by calamity. So really what it's speaking about is that which we surround ourselves, that which we put forth in action in our lives is by uh, evidence of the calamity or the evidence of righteousness, will, uh, we, our lives will be marked with the things that we allow to control us. In calamity, uh, Jacob's life was in calamity, wasn't it? We know about Jacob. We know he stole his brother's birthrights. And through deception of the father with the help of the mother, you know, one loved one is a, you know, it's a dysfunctional family, like most of our families are. One loved one, one loved the other. He was a cheat, a deceiver by his name even. Uh, in Genesis, it says that he wrestled with the Lord. He wrestled with the Lord. And, and really what that talks to me about is, is the Lord wrestles with each and every one of us with the sinful parts in our lives. Those things that he wants us to change, those, those, those things 
that, that we're dealing with and hanging on too tight and the things that we don't allow uh, to slide by, I say slide by, to, to dissolve out of our life, uh, then we wrestle with God. We wrestle with God's word. We wrestle with, with the um, calamity in our lives. It brings calamity, brings calamity. But yet we hang on to it, and we're deceived in a sense because we hang on to it because uh, our hearts are dear to it, whether we know it or not. The things that cause calamity. For some it's drinking, for some it's drugs, for, for some it's pornography, for some it's, it's the need to control one another, for others it's, it's the need for power, for others it's money, uh, the love of money. Uh, it can be anything. For others, it's the need to have the best and the biggest, and, and I need it now just to show somebody that I have something. And these things cause calamity, and it was no different in Jacob's life. He wanted to be uh, the birthright king with a double portion and the power to make the decisions, and, and that's what Jacob wanted. But because he wanted these things, it caused him a life of calamity. I mean, it, it, how do we know that? Because in his, in his very attempt, because in, 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 his, in his hiding, he bargained with a man for one of his daughters, and the man deceived him and gave him the other, so he had to work for another seven years for the second daughter, and, and the one he loved the most couldn't conceive, and the other one had a child, and, and so these things kept building and building calamity, all built on the original deception, I believe, in his life. He, he, he patterned his life in deception, and deception followed everything that he did. He even deceived the father-in-law in the end. If you, if you know the story about the sheep and the goats, the spotted ones would be his for his labor. And so he even deceived the father-in-law in, in, in intentionally breeding the spotted males and the best of the sheep with the spotted ones. Thus, a good portion of them would have spotted ones which means eventually he took over his father-in-law's herd with the, with the strongest and the best sheep. And then even in that, when he left, he done it under the cover of darkness and deception. You know, everything in his life was deception when he left the father-in-law and he took, the, took his two wives and his children and, and he loved one and not the other, it says. It talks about one was loved and one was not. Leah wasn't loved, though she bare children. So everything was centered in deception. Um, but yet as he wrestled with God when he came to the end of himself you know sometimes that didn't come if you look at it he really didn't come to the end of himself until he had to go back to his original problem he had to it came to a place in life that he had to go back and deal with the original sin the original problem that he was running from all along he had to, his brother and him uh, were going to confront one another. And when that happened, then God stepped in and, and began to wrestle with him and reminded him and convicted him, I believe, of his past, his original sin, the thing that had the greatest hold on his life, the thing that he was running from the most. See, sometimes when we're running, it snowballs, and, and all of a sudden we're running from everything in life. And too often we forget why we actually started out. Ever, Ever have someone in your family be mad at somebody and, and still mad and really forget what the original problem was and it got so twisted and, and yeah. forgotten and yet they still pout and snare at one another? My family has that thing going on. You know, and I think most families do if you're willing to admit it. 
And then if you really sat down and talked about it, it was probably rooted in the truth to begin with. But yet, one seemed like they were betrayed or, or saw things differently. God's attempt to bring forth the truth. But God, as he wrestled with God, I, I want you to see what God did. He changed his name. He says, you're no longer Jacob, the deceiver. You will be called and known as Israel. See, God changes the story of our lives, and he changes our name. And as we deal with these things, and, and he begins to, he gives us a new name, and, and that new name is written down in heaven, and that new name gives us a, a spot of righteousness to live in God, and it brings power, empowerment to our lives. And, and as that empowerment comes, we begin to feel good about ourselves. We begin to be empowered to, uh, to begin to face the things that, uh, of life, no matter how difficult they are. All the things he worried about. You know, he even sent his children and his wives and gifts before him, trying to really draw his brother, bribe his brother, and try to woo his brother. But the bottom line is, the truth is all his brother already wanted anyways, in a relationship. And that relationship began when Jacob came to the Lord and now is called Israel. That's the change. That's the, that was the true change in his life. Didn't that he didn't have a good life, but it was always in calamity. Remember we read that the righteous man falls down, though he falls seven times, he'll get up again. But the calamity just kept taking him down every turn. And he became tired, he became worried, and obsessed with the, the what-ifs and the, and the shame and the fear of retaliation and the fear of meeting his own family. And, and thus he was bound, wasn't he? He was really tied down. He was in the grave and didn't even know it. He was in a dark place. The one he loved couldn't conceive, but yet, as God began to bless him, that all changed. As he began to deal with his sin, deal with his, the, the true heart, heartache in his life, the original deception of his father for the birthright. What good did it do him? It done him no good. He ran off and had to hide and and then he, was, he began to deceive his other father, the father-in-law, so to speak. Well, the father-in-law deceived him, too. <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny how that works? So, but as we see these things, man, we still struggle with them in our own lives. We fail to see the truth. He was running, and, and even to his father-in-law. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God, who was called to into fellowship... With his son Jesus Christ, our Lord is faithful. God is faithful. He never stopped reaching out to Jacob. He never stopped allowing him to have circumstance after circumstance in his life that he might reconsider and turn back to the Lord. And when he turned back to the Lord, even though he wrestled with God for that season, and it's important, I tell you, it's more important that we surrender. We talk about surrendering. But the truth is, we, want, we need to wrestle with God until we find a victory in our lives, and that victory is going to be through surrender. Now, he walked with a limp after that, guys. It is a, sin causes us, there's repercussions for the sin in our lives. But yet he refused to let go of God, and, and because he refused to totally walk away and let go, even though his actions walked away from God, uh, God blessed him. He said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. He desired the blessings. He, divide, he desired the blessing of the Father in the beginning. But yet, 
he went about it all the wrong way. Yes, his physical father, but really it talks about we all truly, I think, desire the blessing of our Heavenly Father all the time. We just don't know. I don't believe we understand the desire of our true hearts. But in time and hanging on, I believe, as 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, that, that God is so faithful he sent his son. God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ. God has called us into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ, which means Jesus had to come. And we're called into fellowship with him. Then it goes back to say, our Lord is faithful even to the cost of his own son. Uh, faithful. 1 Peter 2.9, last scripture I'm going to give you tonight. Scripture says, If this so, uh, if this so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. If this is all true, if this so then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men. He had to allow him to come to the end of himself, that it would be his choice to hang on to God until he was blessed. Until he understood what a true blessing was. And sometimes we have to go through struggles after struggles in life until we realize where our blessings come from and what a true blessing is. True blessing might not be in the things I desire, but in the things that God has provided. That's a true blessing. How many people at the end of their life realize the blessing and the things that they strive for all along, they already had, and, and, and it's behind them, and but yet uh, only in their surrender and their pridefulness can they go back and make that available. Within prideness, they'll not admit it, and, and they'll struggle. Till eternity comes. God, it says, so then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. See, it's not up to us to hold the unrighteous to any judgment. It's for us to be godly that God would rescue us. And it's for us to be that example of godliness that others might desire what we have. We can save nobody. We can't even save ourselves. So we have to become godly people that others would see the Jesus in us. The way that God made fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. Because it's through that fellowship and through that acceptance that we can So no matter what your struggles tonight, I tell you that though Jacob was a deceiver and his whole life seemed to be riddled in deception and calamity what he really wanted was a blessing of the Father but he tried to take it, he tried to steal it he tried to earn it he tried to, <laughs> he tried to obtain it by every worldly possession that he could and there was no satisfaction until he came to the Lord and until the Lord touched him and until the Lord blessed him then he found true satisfaction and then his family was healed and restored. And it's the same for us. Restoration comes through the Lord. Even though we may wrestle with the Lord, it's better to wrestle with the Lord than to walk away from Him. Amen. He continued to wrestle with God 
And God, because he continued to return to God, even though he was in rebellion, even though he was a sinful man, even though he was deceived, but God used deception, and God used those, to, the very thing that he was, God allowed him to, to experience them from the other side of things, as a man, and as uh, everything he worked for, he used deception to try to get it. But guess what? Not until he came to the Lord and understood what a true birthright was. Our true birthright is, is the place that God has already made for us. And if we struggle to gain earthly possessions, there's nothing wrong with having it. But, you know, so many times we say that, people say, oh, he's talking about the curse of wealth. It can be a curse, but, I, the, but if it's not the love of money, it's the blessing of God. <laughs> and God wants us to be blessed. Good. But unfortunately, we, we sometimes get, get rolled up into that, I want more and more and more. There's True. nothing wrong with desiring more, but we better want more of Jesus and less of us. And thus we will become the righteous people that God can bless. And that God pulls up out of it. And God picks us up every time we fall. I want to be one that gets up every time we fall down. Amen. That's what we need to be. Because we're all going to fall. We're all fall. And if we're godly, he gets a promise. We will get up seven times. We're like the cat with seven lives. We're going to pounce over glory to glory instead of gloom to gloom. Amen. Jacob went from gloom and, and defeat to the defeat until he hung on to God so tightly that there was repercussions to pay for the sin in his life. He had a hip to remind him. He walked with a limp. But yet he walked with God and God restored his family. So I just, I just that's really for the devotional for today. I may have focused a little more on Jacob than whatever, but uh, those devotionals have great value. That was First Peter what? important that we get God's word right. I had the word right the wrong uh, but yet uh, it's kind of hard to find it if we give you the wrong information. If you got calamity in your life, make sure you're not a Jacob. <laughs> running from God and running for the real reason that God is trying to show us. Because uh, that, that season can become a lifetime if we're not careful. A season of calamity in our lives can become a lifetime until we uh, deal, allow God to deal with us and deal with the problems caused by the problem. Amen. So, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, it's, uh, 
as I said not long ago, anything that we that we aren't uh, confronting will continue to bind us. And until he confronted the problem, he was bound in that need for more, and all he got was more calamity. <laughs> and he had no joy and no peace. And 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 God, I don't want to say God didn't bless him. Everything that he had multiplied, but he found no joy in anything. Even his family was multiplying, but not through the one he had hoped it would be. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I guess we're out of time. But guess what? I think we ought to take time to pray anyways. We had a just a mighty move of God in our service this morning. Man. The Spirit of God fell and the people weeping and we prayed for individuals there at our staff meeting and um, We've been praying for our youth, and I believe God has brought forth a youth leaders that will give direction and, and uh, yeah. godly direction. Um, so I think God moved a, doing a lot of stuff there today. It's just powerful. I mean, we, an hour meeting was an hour and a half, and nobody wanted to leave even that. We had a, we had uh, I had a meeting with the, the people today, so. What a privilege it is to be able to, to be doing the Lord's work on an extended basis because all of a sudden you, you spend more time in the Lord, more time in prayer. Yeah. And when you do that, all of a sudden God starts to do mighty things. And you can witness that and be a part of that. I know, you know, many still have jobs that they go to and, and, and it is a burden to go to a job, but I, Man, we need those times of refreshing and those times of pressing in, those times of worship and oh, just letting go. So, Jacob, one thing he didn't let go of was the Lord. But it came to the point where, where uh, he desired the blessing so much that, that he realized where his blessing came from. Mm -hmm. Where was I going? Pastor David's going to pray. Right. Anybody have specific needs? Can I share something to you? I do. Um, I asked everybody to be praying for my daughter. Yeah. Because she's assistant principal with a huge after school Christian yeah. program. Well, I neglected to say, pray for her children. Yeah. Her sons, they're only they're twins, and they're in second grade at that school. One of them got attacked. Persecution so, comes. He's good, he's good, he's good. But now my daughter, she's thinking, do I make a mistake? Should I pull the kids out and homeschool them? You know, and the first thing we want to do as parents is protect the kids. You don't want them subjected to that stuff. And me, Grandma, I'm coming right down, you know? <laughs> you know? But then God calmed me down. He says, no, I called them to this place. And so I called me and I talked to her. And I said, remember, you're going to be the light in that place. Yeah. And with the light, there's opposition. You're going to have opposition. How are you going to respond? They said, now those kids, they're going to stand up. Because they've got a good foundation. They went to a Christian school to begin with. Their parents are Christian. And so I said, they've got a good foundation. I said, you watch what God does with that. Now, Jacob never fought back. He just said to the kids, why did you do that? And so they both got called into the principal's different principal's offices. And 
and of course they didn't let my daughter near that kid, which is a good thing. <laughs> so, but, um, you have to watch what God's doing. And the little boy that did it, he did not know why he did it. I said, I know why he did it. It's because it's the enemy. It has nothing to do with that child. Satan used him to deter you from doing what you're doing. And so she's like, Mom, I never thought of it that way. Said, so you need to go back to school, and you need to minister to that child. Because he needs to feel loved. And before she could do anything with him, he came to her office and he said, I am so, so sorry. And my daughter wouldn't hug him. And I said, what? You didn't hug him. She says, no. Because in the school, there's got to be consequences for your actions. She says, I'm going to go back tomorrow and hug him. But today I could not. And I was like, there is, though. There is consequences to what you do. And she looked right. And so tomorrow she's going to get with the little boy. And I'm looking forward to what the report is going to be. But I bet that child is going to be changed. And I guarantee he's not going to do so remember them all in prayer because there's like 10 adults in this group and you got to pray for their families as well not just and wisdom for them to deal with their circumstances you know god's going to use them as examples jesus was the example wasn't he and he was drunk to the streets spit upon and all these things, and who are we to think that that's not going to happen to us mm-hmm. in some yeah. form of persecution, especially doing the mighty work that they're doing? But it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, you had something to share. It was in, in what you said about Jacob seeking the blessings, and then you had mentioned, you know, about the love of money and things like that. I've heard a quote in the last couple of days, and it, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but I'm going to read you what I remember of it. It's talking about Matthew 6:33, and it said. This person said, as I seek first his kingdom and its righteousness, God will add all things. Because that's what the scripture says. It's my job that as he adds all things, I don't let those things become my focus. But rather, I use them as an occasion to give thanks. Thank God. And so yesterday when I was out at the range, because every six months I have to shoot to keep my job. I've never been in the military, and as a Christian in that workplace, and you guys all know, as a Christian, sometimes you're an outsider, even though they accept you and they, you know, they say you're their friend and all this other stuff. You're always on the outside because of what you believe and what other people and what they believe about Jesus. It seemed that yesterday the Lord took great delight in lifting me up in the presence of my peers, and you know just through range qualifications because somebody who wasn't in the military outshoots all the people that were now everybody's looking my direction again not because I want them to but because it's it's, it's vital in the workplace God will throw down people who are exalted in pride and he threw down people yesterday um, some of them I was praying for mercy because I, I felt really bad for them because like range instructors when you're out there shooting if you're messing up They'll start yelling at you. You know, there's, they really put a lot of pressure on you out there. And if you've got a pride issue and you can't receive instruction, you really get hammered pretty hard. And so that was going on there too. But the whole time I was sitting there remembering that quote in my head, and every time I did well, I was just saying, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you 
you know, I can't claim any special skill about shooting. You know what I mean? He uses his gun twice a year oh, there you at go. the range to qualify. But God saw fit to marry the table. You know, not the enemy. Uh, well, the enemy of pride can be, but uh, yeah. If you can imagine this, there was another thing that happened there, and I'll tell you very short. Um, every time we go, we have to shoot a shotgun. Usually it's five times just to qualify with it. Well, this time we had to shoot it 20 times. And um, one of the kids, we shot 10 rounds each, right? One of the kids that's in the last season at work that's been very sensitive to the Word of God and has actually been reading his Bible on his own, and I, and I really feel drawn towards the kid. Um, he shot 10 rounds at that target, and it's basically a piece of paper like this big with a black silhouette of a person in the middle from 10 yards back. And every one of those shells has nine pellets in it. So that should have been, 10 rounds would have been 90 pellets. With a shotgun, when you shoot it, it, it spreads yeah. out. We counted 90 hits in his target. Not a one of them went out of the black, or out of the black into the white. Right. Yeah. Wow. Like, it, we've never seen that happen before ever in doing this, right? We're, we're like, how is this possible? Everybody else is shot. You got, <laughs> the whole paper is peppered with holes, right? It's everywhere, white, black, everything. And everybody made remarks of that. In my heart, I knew, I said, thank you, Lord. You know, that kid's been pressing into the presence of God, and he distinguished him there yesterday among his peers. And I thought that that was the most beautiful thing. I just had so much to be thankful for, and that's what I wanted to share. When God starts to add all things to you, don't let the things become the focus. Use it as an occasion to give thanks, because God is good. I'm a thankful guy here today.
prayer request here for Janice. She had a, and I know we focus on the promise and not the problem, but she had a not so great report from the doctor today and but we're just believing that everything's going to be fine. She'll go through all the tests and everything they're going to put her through, but I'm believing for total healing and There's opening of that artery in her neck. And God is good. He's faithful. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord God, that you are our intercessor. Thank you. Lord God, you 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 are, you went to you went to, to hell for us, Lord God, and back again. You went to the grave for us and, and, and rose again. And Lord God, you 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 stayed on that cross until the curtain was rent and, and Lord God you're still interceding for us today. Yes. Lord God, we intercede for this one, this unspoken need, health need, Lord God, and so many others, we all have unspoken needs. Lord God, we pray for your hand of touch and healing and restoration. Lord God, we pray for peace upon her as well, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for wisdom to do all that we can do and then to stand firm in our trust and our faith in you. For these other needs, Lord, for the hand of protection about these children and around their parents, Lord God, who are doing a mighty work for you and in their community and in their schools. Lord God, I pray for your hand of protection upon the children, upon them, upon those parents who are standing out, being the light. Lord, they're not hiding the light under the bushel basket, but yet they're, they're standing firm for you. So Lord God, I pray for strength for them. I pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh Holy Spirit time upon them, Lord God, so they'll know how to respond, and Lord God, a willingness to do it as you have called them to do. Lord, that they would lift up one another, that they would love their enemies, and allow you to heat the coals, the fire upon them. Lord, we thank you for testimonies of how you have prepared a table before the enemies, for the, for the doubters, or for the prideful. And Lord God, you have put us in that light, that on that hill that we might be seen, see how we respond, Lord God, do we become the prideful? This grandfather who's fallen, Lord God, I, I know him, Lord God. Lord, he's been self-sufficient for so many years. And yet, Lord, I pray that he would cry out to you and come to know you even in a deeper yes, walk, yes. in this long season of life. Lord God, that you give him wisdom and peace. And Lord, that he would learn to trust in people, but yet greater trust in knowing that you are the giver of life and you are the sustainer of life, but yet, Lord God, you choose to meet people. Put your hand of protection upon him. Lord God, for strengthening his legs and of his mind, yes, Father. For his relationship with you and his family. Audrey as well, Lord God. Long life, but yet with long life comes dependent on others, Lord God. As we came into this life dependent on mom and dad, uh, of Heavenly Father, Lord, so we go out. So, Lord God, I pray that 
that you would speak to Audrey, that you touch her heart, that you bring peace to her soul, Lord God. Yeah. Lord, wisdom to her mind. Yet, Lord God, someone who might speak her language, Lord, to help her understand her need. Your hand of protection over her. I pray for a clear mind for her. For her and, and, and his grandfather as well. Lord, give them a, a season of sound-mindedness to to know and understand their need and the willingness to accept it. So Lord, we lay these things at your feet. We lay this network at your feet. Each individual of these churches, but Lord God, for those who yet have not come to know you. Lord God, I pray that we would be the extension of your arms and feet. Lord, we would be seen as people of grace and mercy. Extension of a loving hand instead of a closed fist. Yeah. Open hearts with compassion instead of judgmental speaking. And Lord God, we pray that you would fill this house with hungry hearts. Yes. Equip us, Lord God, to, to show them and direct them towards you. For those we haven't seen in a while, Lord God, I lift them up and pray that you would undergird them as well, Lord God. Lord God, that you would place them in a place where they would continue to learn and grow. Lord God, that they would come back to the fold, whatever it happens to be, but Lord God, that your hand of protection would be upon them. Lord God, that you would speak to them without... Uh, them having any doubt that it's of you that you would confirm to them that Lord God your hand of protection and guidance would be upon them. Lord we just pray for for continuance of your spirit to move in our midst Lord God that we would recognize it that we would yield to it that we would thank you for it that we would yield Lord God to that which you call us to do it would not be the Jacobs, but we would be the Israels. Mm, yes. Hanging on to you. Believing in you. And thanking you for all that you've done. With great expectation of what you are yet to do through us and in us. Lord God, may your will be done in each life, each home, in each community. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for the group back there.